All right. Hello and welcome back to Cafe All Lit. My name is Caleb Bedford. If you haven't been here before, now you know. And if you listened to the last episode that was on The Postman Always Rings Twice, then you will have seen this one coming. There is a distinct, undeniable connection between The Postman Always Rings Twice and The Stranger. I know this because Albert Camus said that. Not directly. That was not the quote itself that I just said. But he talked about how he was inspired by The Postman Always Rings Twice, and this was kind of a response to that. Um, I believe Postman was translated into the language of Camus. Um, what do you write in French, maybe? Um, he was Algerian. Um, but it was translated into French, I believe, and, and we're going to go with it, right? It, French in 1938, and that, at some point, Camus read it, and then he published this in 42, I believe, yeah, 1942 in France. L'étranger. And so... We have a link between the two. Um, but Camus had a different view of the world than James M. Kane. So, whereas he was inspired by Kane's work. And his book, to an extent, his book, Meaning the Stranger, to an extent does very much point back to its inspiration. It's, it's a very different type of, type of thing. Um... And so, the stranger is considered by in many many lists the strain of like the top hundred books of all time, top fifty books of all time, or what what have you. Um, it's 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 always there, you know. Um, Postman, although it is good for what it is, it's never going to be on a list like that. But this is a very interesting novel in um, well let's let's start um, let's read let's read a, a piece of the blurb on the back of the just to get just to get started to warm up a bit. Since it was first published in English in 1946, Albert Camus' first novel, The Stranger, L'étranger, has had a profound impact on millions of American readers. 
through this story of an ordinary man who unwittingly gets drawn into a senseless murder on a sun-drenched Algerian beach, Camus explored what he termed the nakedness of man faced with the absurd. Um, so what we're looking at here is... You kind of get Camus' beliefs on on display in in this novel. Um, perhaps exaggerated uh, through this, um, but but there was like Camus sort of had an interesting relationship with existentialism. Um, a lot of people would consider him an existentialist, and uh, But he, he sort of had like a, I guess a, a, a different view on it, perhaps, than um, like Jean-Paul Sartre, who was kind of, um, what, the kind of father of existentialism or something? But so, so you get this view of this guy in this novel who starts out and his mom dies. He goes to the funeral. He doesn't really feel anything. Um, and that's kind of used against him later, you know. Um, but to this character, as you kind of read more and get further into it, this character kind of views death as inevitable. Um, he views it like everyone's going to die. Why does it matter so much when? And so when he's on the beach later and he shoots the guy, Uh, it says, um, my whole being tense and I squeezed my hand around the revolver. The trigger gave. I felt the smooth underside of the butt and there in that noise, sharp and deafening at the same time as where it all started. I shook off the sweat and sun. I knew that I had shattered the harmony of the day, the exceptional silence of a beach where I'd been happy. Then I fired four more times at the motionless body where the bullets lodged without leaving a trace. And it was like knocking four quick times on the door of unhappiness. And that's, that's kind of the uh, extent of it. And that's the very end of, of part one. Um, the book is split into two parts. Um, and hopefully you've read it already, as always. Um, but it's a very short book. It's split into two parts of approximately 60 pages each. Um, so it gets arrested for killing this man. The second part of the book is is, is just about... Um, his trial and sort of them trying to figure out like if it was self-defense, why did he shoot him four more times while he was on the ground? And he doesn't have an answer to it. Um, really. Um, Camus just kind of, I don't think he, he really didn't believe there's any higher meaning 
and that's that's shown in this book. There's no um, like like people tend to read things in situate and try to figure out um, what else um, could be lying beneath the surface, and it's very much just kind of an it is what it is. What happens happens, and um, you just move on. There's which creates, I think, an emotional distance, or at least the um, sort of semblance of emotional distance in this one. Because he didn't feel like he even has emotions, but it's not that he's got a lack of emotion so far. Um, although it could kind of be like, where does emotion come from? It's it's not that he doesn't care. It's just that I think he sees uh, death as kind of freedom, perhaps in a way. Um, freedom from the responsibilities of of the world. You know, it's I don't know. Um, I waited too long to record this episode. I may I may would have had more to say. Had I um, had I recorded it immediately after, but I was trying to find someone else to do this podcast with me, and I had, had a couple people in mind, and I just kind of uh, ended up falling falling through. Um, because this is not necessarily my my area, um, and also it's it's kind of gone cold on me. It's been probably close to a month since I've read this book now. Um, I'm in the middle of all the Booker stuff, which um, next episode will be a Booker episode. So get ready for that. I've finished three Booker books so far. Um, so I'll be doing that. Um, some more interesting things. Uh, another interesting thing about uh, Camus. Um, he won the Nobel Prize in um, 1957, and he is the second youngest to ever win a Nobel Prize uh, for literature. Um, my note doesn't say for literature. Um, it, it's possible. There's various things you can win Nobel Prizes for. So, um, But in literature, at least, if not entirely, um, he was the second youngest, which is, you know, something. Um, I'm not sure if I could name another thing he wrote off the top of my head, although I'm sure I will feel quite dumb when I look it up. Um, but, but Albert Camus is listed under Google as a French philosopher rather than a novelist. His first sort of, uh, thing. Um, yes, yeah, so he was 44 when he won, when he won the Nobel Prize. Um... Won it three years before he died, so he died died fairly young, which is a trend among authors I like, apparently. Interesting. Um, yeah, if you haven't read this, I would highly recommend it. Even like knowing what happens, I think you can still and still enjoy it. And I was pretty scant on the details. Um, so it's just, it's just sort of an exploration of, uh, uh, 
I mean, he he sort of like accepts that he's going to die. So he's just, he's like, okay, it doesn't matter when. And that's, that's a very strange concept. I think for most people. I think most of us don't think anything like that. Like most of us are worried we're going to die. We're worried we're going to die too soon before we, um, before we get done with everything we want to get done. Um, it can be as simple as we, I, I want to finish watching a certain amount of movies. I want to finish reading these certain books before I die. You know, there's the whole bucket list thing. Get as much done as you can before you die. And Camus was not about it, you know? So I'm going to read the the end of it. So close to death. Maman must have felt free then and ready to live it all again. Nobody, nobody had the right to cry over her. And I felt ready to live it all again too, as if that blind rage had washed me clean, rid me of hope for the first time in that night alive with signs and stars, helping myself to the gentle indifference of the world. Finding it so much like myself, so like a brother really, I felt that I had been happy and that I was happy again. For everything to be consummated, for me to feel less alone, I had only to wish that there would be a large crowd of spectators the day of my execution, and that they greet me with cries of hate. It's kind of like uh, a few pages, a couple pages before that, um, the priest comes to visit him. Uh, to kind of give him his last rites and stuff because he's, you know, going to be executed. Um, and uh, the narrator goes off on the priest. You know, he seems so certain about everything, didn't he? And yet none of his certainties was worth one hair of a woman's head. He wasn't even sure he was alive because he was living like a dead man. You know, living living in the moment, not worried about what's going to happen next what's going to come in the future um not worrying about when you're going to die but worrying about living while while you're still breathing um I had been right. I was still right. I was always right. I had lived my life one way, and I could just as well have lived it another. I had done this, and I hadn't done that. I hadn't done this thing, but I had done another. What did other people's deaths or a mother's love matter to me? What did his God or the lives people chose or the fate they think they elect matter to me when we're all elected by the same fate, me and billions of privileged people like him who also called themselves my brothers? Couldn't he see? Couldn't he see that? Everybody was privileged. There were only privileged people. The others would all be condemned one day, and he would be condemned too. What would it matter if he were accused of murder and then executed because he didn't cry at his mother's funeral? I 
just a, a, a very, you know, I think, I think that's kind of the reason or one of the reasons Camus listed as a French philosopher more than an author. Um, and he did write essays and stuff too. He didn't just write fiction. And even this, this fictional novel is more using the frame to kind of like kind of pose questions about the meaning of life or lack thereof. Um, and just kind of the, the absurdity of it as well. Um, yeah, I think this would be a great conversation. Pick a friend. Both of you get a copy of the book. Read it. Talk about it. Uh, it would def- It's definitely a conversation starter. More so, I think... Or at least as much so as um, as kind of reading and doing all the uh, mulling over yourself. But um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting work, a very very solid work, and I think it definitely benefits from. I think I think as a reader, you definitely benefit by reading the postman always rings twice before reading this. And I read them back to back pretty much or pretty, pretty close. Um, within a few days of each other. And so I think I definitely got the, the full experience of, of the two. So highly recommend, even if you have read both before, or if you've only read one or the other, um, go back and read them back to back. Uh, both books are like a hundred, 120 pages. You know, it's reading them back to back is like reading less than most novels. Uh, so I think it's highly doable and it sort of, uh, puts, puts, uh, Camus thoughts into even more perspective, um, with a relative contemporary. So, uh, highly worthwhile experiment. Um, but yeah, um, got Mississippi book festival that I will be working, um, tomorrow from the day you hear this, um, two days from now. Um, and it will be a hot one and an interesting one, um, for many, many reasons. Um, including but not limited to um, Mike Pence being there. Uh, but there's so many good authors and good panels to go see. Um, so if, if you're coming to to the show, or show, <laughs> if you're coming to the festival, um, bring some water and... Uh, you'll have no shortage of, of good, good talks to listen to. So that's my two cents. Um, but that's, that's it for this one. Uh, I think I've kind of said what I need to say. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough, hopefully. 
Um, leave him wanting more, right? Maybe I did that. Probably I did not. But I'm going to stop talking now. So until next time, keep on reading.